Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I could get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. If you've been to the shops lately, you may have noticed a bit of a change. Across the country, supermarkets are rolling out their plastic bag ban, encouraging shoppers to bring their own reusable bag or pay five cents to buy a plastic bag. Now, I'm aware of lots of parts of my family home that could do with an eco-friendly do-over. When it comes to shopping bags, we've got that down pat. We just chuck them in the car every time we'd go shopping. But there's so much more to it than that, isn't it? But who has the time or the money? And to be honest, I really wouldn't know where to start with my family. But joining me in the studio is Alex Stewart. She's the author of the book, Low Tox Life, a handbook for a healthy you and a happy planet. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. So great to be here. How do you define what a low-tox life would look like? Well, uh, <laughs> it's like, do we have a minute? Do we have three hours? <laughs> so basically what it means it, for me on a really personal level and why I came up with that term was a life where I was minimising environmental toxin exposure because in our modern world you can't really completely avoid it. You know, you walk past a car, there's exhaust and things like that. So I didn't, for me, when I was coming up with what this was going to look like, want it to be scary or like zero this or no this, you know, and like that horrible quest for perfection that a lot of people get themselves down the rabbit hole of, especially on diets and things like that. So... um So for me, it was bringing in that piece of reducing environmental toxin exposure, and that was things on us, things around us in our homes, the way we chose furniture, paints, everything. Um, And then also the food piece. So thinking about what we put in us and thinking about our bodies as information computers and, and giving our bodies the information they deserve to thrive. And then also having a little think about how our mind is through this whole thing, because you can make lots and lots of changes, but you can be stressed out to the nines about whether you're doing it right or, you know, or you're doing enough. And and I just think stress will kill us faster than anything. So (laughs) you really have to make sure your mind piece is right. So that's when the four kind of pillars of food, body, home and mind came together as just being conscious, curious, and over time more and more aware of what goes into the things that we put on us in us and around our homes and um, and just being a little bit more demanding when we ask questions of brands and, and what's in there and so that we really understand what we're using instead of going going in blind off the back of a marketing campaign. I really like that attitude of um, it makes me feel like your book's there to be kind of dipped into and... Yes. Uh, adjusted to your life because I think that speaks loudly to parents in particular because you can be very conscious that you're not doing everything right all the time mm-hmm. with even with your children. Oh my gosh, it's judgment central and we are our worst <laughs> judges as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. when it comes to like I I think most people want to be aware mm. of the food they're eating, the products they're buying and all of that, but when you put it all on top of a busy family life, you just go Oh, it's too hard. Just give me mm. the just give me the plastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what you're suggesting is if we take it 
step by step and just be curious yeah. that we'll get somewhere there, which is better than just staying in the same place. Oh, absolutely. And in the book, the way I start the food chapter is just looking at uh, one of the um, things I, I picked up, which I used in a TED talk I gave a couple of years ago. And it's just hilarious. It's a cheese snack. It's a spreadable cheese thing with crackers in one side and the spread in the other. And on the front, it's got like made with 50% real cheese. <laughs> and I remember just sort of having to start getting curious because I had to quit eating gluten, unfortunately, about 14 years ago, well before it was actually cool. Um, But we found out it was the cause for the tonsillitis I used to get over and over again. So I was more than happy to, after I'd gotten used to it, to not eat that anymore. But in my exploration of what I could and couldn't eat anymore, I had to learn about additives because you had to learn which ones had gluten in them and which ones didn't to avoid it. And oh my gosh, that was the craziest minefield. And I cried twice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As a half Frenchie as well, it was like, okay, no croissant, like really none. Um, But but I remember then seeing this thing that was in my lunchbox growing up. um, And I'm not a name and shamer, so I won't say the brand, but I'm sure people know what I mean. And then in the book, I sort of list the ingredients of everything that's in that made with 50% real cheese and everything that's in the cracker, which really crackers should just be flour, salt, water. That's that's pretty much the, all you need in a cracker. Um, and And I just think, how did we get to a place where we needed 20 ingredients for crackers and cheese, which we could actually just cut a piece of cheese off and chuck it on the cracker? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so... It was, and it's that. So you basically just wake up to yourself about one little thing and you go, let's go back to crackers and cheese. And that can be the thing that you do that month with your fam, that it is the the one thing that you simplify or switch back to something more natural, something that just makes more sense. Like we're so busy that half the time we just don't even stop to think about what actually makes sense. And this is how we've ended up with um, fresh air systems in our homes <laughs> with those things that we chuck on a wall and they go psh every like five minutes and like just open a window. That's that's a fresh air system, old school <laughs> and free. You know, you stop and you go, what's in that? How's it affecting my indoor air quality? Actually, it's making it worse. How was this ever a good idea? Chuck it out. Never Just again. Move on. Move on. So plastic's a big thing at the moment. It's huge, hey? When we talk yeah. about plastic bags, in some ways I feel like we have not ticked that box, but a lot of people have come to accept that plastic bags aren't great for our environment mm. and we're moving to reusable bags. But there are other plastics, particularly when you have young children, mm-hmm. that just become de rigueur. You know, you use plastic bowls and plastic cups and Mm. knives and forks. Do you have any suggestions for families that have young children who have those items in their house and they're thinking, oh, actually, yeah, this is just more plastic? Mm. Um, Yeah, and the issue with those is quite often it's hot things or warm things going into them and there's a lot of research around leaching when you have, you know, think about how much we know about microwaves and don't put like a hot microwave um, plastic container in because that'll leach into the food. So, um, you know, without scaring everybody, for me, it's really just about heading to your local camping shop um, and finding some good enamelware, like the stuff that you can just drop on the floor, it's not going to break. And it's <laughs> Very cheap important. as well. Um, but it gets a child used to something that feels like a crockery plate as well. Like we dumb kids down 
and um, and that can be to a disservice to their own development. Like I'm French, so I don't even use anything non-breakable. I never did. I always just went straight for what they were we were using. And like I remember, and you just right next to your bub when you're feeding them dinner and stuff. So it's not like it's dangerous. But they drop the plate on the ground. It smashes to a million pieces. You go no with a really harsh, you know, like that's not on. And they're like whoa, that was a bad thing, and then the plate dropped. I'm so not doing that again. And, you know, it happened twice, I think, for us, and then he never dared (laughs) take that plate (laughs) off his little um, high chair. So sometimes I think, you know, part of it is, yes, we need safe options, especially if you've got multiple kids. I'm the first to admit I only have one, so that was always quite easy for me to control. Um, But, yeah, head to the camping shop and get some enamelware if you want the unbreakable non-plastic option. Um, And then just get – you can get little baby stainless steel cutlery now and then kids get used to the fact that a fork is sharp and you don't stick it in the side of – they're very (laughs) clever. They learn so fast. And, um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of not dumbing kids down as well to the point of everything having to be like nanny state safe. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Alex Stewart. She has written a book called Low Tox Life, a handbook for a healthy you and a happy planet. And she's just been talking about how we can, um, as parents with our little ones, not necessarily get lots of different plastic cups and plates. Um, We're all on board with the plastic bags, I think, but there are other ways and other places we could get rid of plastics in our lives. Another place for families Mm -hmm. where plastics can proliferate in many different forms is birthday parties. Oh gosh, yes. So you got your cups, you got your plates, you've got your favors party favors favors. if anyone's ever been to a party warehouse Mm -hmm. and looked down those party favor hours you've probably just got a whole one whole pit of landfill there yeah it's crazy um have you got suggestions on how parents can navigate that absolutely look there's so many things you can do for parties and i think here the key is over the next couple of years give yourself a couple of different aspects of a party to focus on If you're having the party at home, you can just do an easy switch to paper plates. If you've got lots and lots of kids and you're thinking, oh, my gosh. Or you could actually just not have plates. I mean, so often the type of food that you serve doesn't even require a plate. Like, Just let people pick from the table and pop it in their mouths, and that alleviates that completely. You can tell parents to BYO drink bottle, um, and then the kids have their drink bottle. Um, or you can just use, um, again, enamel cups from the camping shop. And so they're things that you're going to have for years and years. Um, but if you do have plastic, like it's only going to be for a short time. It's only, we're talking about an hour of food and drink at a party. It's much better to give that plastic the longest life you possibly can than to just start thinking you need to throw everything into landfill as well. Like I'm really mindful of the waste factor here. And if you've got a party set and it happens to be plastic, just keep using that party set for now. Just don't buy any new plastic party stuff. Um, And then you can do so much like uh, ditch the balloons. Obviously, they are an absolute hazard. I've seen birds trying to snack on balloon bits in parks and it's not pretty when you actually think about what that means to their life and so you know you've got it up here there's bunting in the studio that's perfect it's colorful it's paper you can whack it out again next year because balloons you couldn't use it again whereas bunting you can Um, and so just 
For me, the biggest thing is to just start to think, right, what am I serving? Switching to homemade stuff, getting um, a few of your good parent friends to bring a plate each of something nice, like a nice little, you bring the lamingtons, you bring the um, the raspberry muffins, you bring some homemade, a homemade chocolate slab, and then none of that's got plastic because it's all homemade. Plus, there's a community spirit in that. There's an opportunity for you not to have to be the martyr doing everything <laughs> for the party. And people really enjoy being involved and feeling like they helped. And I think our society is really crappy at asking for help and um, and creating community opportunities of connection and everybody pitching in like that. And the beauty of that is the side effect is less plastic because you're not having to do everything. So you're less likely to think, I'm just going to go and buy everything up that's packaged in a store. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. So just... Sometimes it's bigger picture thinking. Yeah, and mm. it's helpful to have a bit of a guidepost before you go out and yeah, plan a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because birthday parties always send me into a spin of yeah. panic anyway. Oh, I know. I've got to plan <laughs> my sons at the moment. And it's still, it makes me anxious. Like, you know, and I've been doing this for a long time. Like, oh, gosh, how am I going to do this? How do you get around it? Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that parents would think about, I, I feel anyway, is uh, cleaning products mm-hmm. because yeah. we all try to keep as clean as we can and God yeah. knows it gets a bit messy with children. One thing I think I struggle with anyway is there are some products in the supermarket that say they're organic or that say they're good for the environment, mm. but I don't believe any packaging advertising anymore. Yeah. How do you work out A, what is safe to use and B, what actually works? Yeah, it, it's pretty much the reason I have a business is this rabbit hole of, oh, how on earth am I going to figure this out? Because there are so many loopholes. There's so, you know, as a cleaning company, you don't even need to disclose what ingredients are in your products um, by law because of trade secret marketing. So there's that. And um, look, I'm a big believer in uh, just emailing companies, just saying, can I see your safety data sheet? Can I see full list ingredients? But if you don't want to do that, then there are a couple that are great. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to brand call, but um, EcoStore's wonderful, founded by a lovely guy, um, Malcolm Rands, that I interviewed on my podcast, uh, I think show 46 from memory, but he is just an inspiration, started out of a little permaculture garden in New Zealand, now it's one of the biggest cleaning products in um, in your local Woolies, um, and, and they really are the real deal for cleaning um, products. And then you've got Aware from the Planet Art Guys, that's a fantastic laundry pack. Um, and, you know, there's there's some really good ones. I would just caution anyone that uses the word organic without certification um, because you can say the word organic on your front packaging but only need to have 10% organic ingredients in <laughs> your packet, in, in the package. So certification really does count for something in these situations. Um, or just, you know, like for me, it's how hard do they make it to find an ingredient list? And often the ones who make it really hard to the point where you do have to email, to the point where you do ask on social, no one replies. It's like, well, you know, I, I'll go for the, the guys over there who are just telling you everything and happy to hand over anything that you want to ask about, because that for me is transparency. And I think that's a new chapter in consumerism is really knowing um, a lot of the big guys now are putting out a green um, offering and um, and saying things like made with 75% plant-based material. It's like, well, well, okay, so what's the other 25%? And then there's no ingredient list on the back. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're just literally speaking to the people who are thinking they want to do the right thing and are well-meaning but don't have the time to research. And that just makes me sad that yeah. they get to do that. 
Yeah, oh, totally. So, yeah. Okay, so if someone's listening to this and they've taken on board bits and pieces of what, you're gonna, what you've said today and think, I really want to start doing something, mm-hmm. but going back to what you said originally about how trying to do everything all at once mm-hmm. can be quite overwhelming. Don't do that. Don't yep. do that. <laughs> how would you suggest they start? I'm a big fan of having people think about what matters to them most first because otherwise you're just changing based on what someone else says you've got to do and you can take all of, like let's just say you've listened to everything today and you've thought, you know what, when it came to the laundry comment and the thought of like the clothes against my kid's skin that really like struck a chord with me. Start there. That's where you need to start. Whereas if the story about the bird eating the balloon fragments was the bit that got you, just go, okay, no more balloons at our birthday parties. We're going to think of other ways to decorate. So really, really key is that you actually think about how this matters to you and which categories or aspects of reducing toxins or waste or anything um, matters to you most because that's where you're going to have the most traction and the most – uh, sort of um, enthusiasm, I guess, for, and, not doing and it motivation. Because, yeah, and not yeah. doing it because you're afraid of being shamed by other parents or no. you think it's what you should do. Yeah. Doing yeah. it for you and your family. Totally. give you that longevity of keep, you know, it'll feel right for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm, really okay. important. I'm going to take that on board. Alex, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. That was Alex Stewart. She's the author of Lotox Life, a handbook for a healthy you and a happy planet. It's out now. We'll put links up to her book on our website. Just go to Kindling Conversation on kindling.com.au. And also Alex mentioned that she has a podcast. It's also called Lotox Life and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.